In the 80s, we rejoin the standoff at Woodard's house right as the first explosive detonates. After an intense and brutal shootout, Roland takes a bullet through the knee and Woodward commits suicide by cop as Hayes is forced to kill or be killed. Wayne finds comfort in Amelia's arms while his partner recovers in the hospital. In the days after, police find incriminating evidence linking Woodward to the Purcell children's disappearance. In the 90s, the case is being played out once again in the media, as crucial details of the case get leaked to family members in the press, and Wayne is angered by the grandstanding attorneys and politicians. Nevertheless, the attention leads a young man who traveled with Julie, or as he knew her, married July, to give the police information, such as the fact that she thinks she is a princess and was separated from her brother. West invites the Hayes to have dinner with his girlfriend, but tensions between Amelia and Wayne make the event an uncomfortable one, and turns into a genuine fight over issues of control, manipulation, and mistrust. Wayne later discovers fingerprints related to the Purcell case have been tampered with in the evidence room, while also receiving a phone call from Julie herself that raises more questions than it answers. In 2015, the elderly Hayes confronts gaps in his memory involving a police officer who mysteriously disappears after the 90s investigation. Wayne is finally reunited with Roland after an apparent 22-year gap in their friendship. Roland is holding a grudge about the way their relationship ended and is apprehensive about their conduct in the 80s and 90s coming back on them, but Wayne can't remember any of the reasons they had a falling out. After an emotional scene, he manages to talk Old Man West into mounting up and continuing the investigation into the disappearance of Julie Purcell to end this case once and for all. Welcome to The World We Deserve, the officially unofficial podcast for True Detective on HBO. I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. And this week we watched season three, episode five, titled If You Have Ghosts. Aaron, what'd you think of this episode? You must bust them. I, yeah. <laughs> I thought this is another great episode, although I will say that um, I have one major criticism that I don't even think is a real criticism for me, which is I'm starting to think that the actual mystery that this season is wound around is not really that interesting. <laughs> um, okay. But but it's a t it's a real testament to the show that like I really don't care because what I'm here for is to see like this really elegant nesting doll type of uh, memory story where we're five episodes in and we still don't know what the fuck is going on, yeah. but not in a way that feel, feels mostly arbitrary or, or um, I mean, they're just they're just really leveraging the framework of the season to the fucking hilt. And that final mm -hmm. scene with the two old men, like I was alternatingly like belly laughing and getting misty eyed. Like, yeah, it's it's really, really good stuff. And that's without the what I think is the other phenomenal scene, which is the Woodard shootout mm -hmm. um, and how like it's as badass as anything that was in season one. But it also had like, you know, uh, it, it also had like some genuine pathos and some some gut punches. What did you mm -hmm. think? Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I I. I'm sniffing the psychosphere here and I'm detecting a conspiracy, but I don't <laughs> think it's a conspiracy around the actual impetus for this season the kidnapping and the murders right i think it's around maybe the cover-up but man i'm swimming in theories i I'm, yeah. I'm in over my head and i'm drowning i i don't know what's up and what's down <laughs> but but something is going on and there's a lot of info in this episode yes. that is just kind of camouflage just yes. sort of in there but you have to tease it out and and i really like how they're unfolding this story especially i think the like you mentioned the the memory thing is a great device right. to to kind of 
spool out this story in the show's own time yeah and it's working really well and i can see that being a crutch real easy and like yeah. being very frustrating to watch as a viewer but i'm not getting that at all i i'm with you on the theory stuff like i guess i i really don't care because like if for example last week we both decried look just because the mom said should doesn't mean that the note is comes from her i mean this is crazy yeah, that was then, a little weird like 10 minutes in the show itself leads into this and i'm like oh christ but by the end of the episode i didn't care I, the craziest one i saw was the idea that well first of all i meant to say this last week and i forgot but if you saw the like ne- the you know the upcoming untrue detective because i think this was not just for the next episode but it was for many many episodes i think they're getting Mm -hmm. to the i think they're getting there was no preview for next week and i think it's because they're getting to the point in the story where if they show anything it's a house of cards right yeah there are only three more episodes right right uh they're they're gonna have to be some big reveals soon and man the internet they they love to pull that apart so there's this easter egg where at one point the producer of the this podcast or web series or whatever she is is showing uh old man wayne some information and on her laptop screen is a information about russ and cole's shootout from season one i think it's the 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 final one because they're like the old old man russ old man cole Uh and they set this in 2015 which i thought was a weird choice because like why wouldn't you set it in 20 you know in 2018 uh it's because some people are saying that you're going to find out that there's this pedophile ring that's somehow connected to the russ cole stuff because Mm -hmm. you know they caught the yellow king but he wasn't the mastermind behind that right yeah. He was the the old crazy dude that had the property where he could go back and do a bunch of shit, weird shit to kids and nobody ever find out. But mm-hmm. all the rich, powerful dudes in the mass, they all got away clean. So mm-hmm. th- that's like, but th- there again, it's like, I don't really give a shit. If that's true and it doesn't feel forced, that would be super cool. But if it's not true, I'm not going to be disappointed because again, yeah. the mystery really is second banana to the lives of the men, men and women investigating this. So, yeah, I, partially like i'm here for both i mean yeah i'm really here for both this season like i feel like that's not always the case with me like sometimes i'll look at a mystery and go oh god i either don't like how they're how they're running this out or or i just don't like the central mystery or that i'm being fucked with i don't feel like i'm really being fucked with here right i know i'm only getting pieces of the picture but not in a dishonest way right and i think that's you know that's what nick pizzolato said at the beginning of this season that he wasn't trying to do an unreliable narrator. He wasn't right. trying to fuck with people, but he is unveiling the mystery in a fairly masterful way. Yeah, I, I will say that with absent the Alzheimer's dementia thing, that this would be just fucking with your audience. It, yeah, yeah. And I, I think it's a little bit of a magic trick to find the right framing where you can tell this like inside out time story and make it feel kind of fresh. And I'm I am I am wondering whether a lot of people will see like, oh, this is the key to telling a confusing confound like like Oh no, like, we're in for a deluge yeah, of Yes, imagine like, stories like Nolan and, and Joy looking at the Oh, wait a second. <laughs> oh fuck. Bro, they already did that. I in guess season they did. Two, though, yeah, yeah, you're right. And that did feel like we were but it got it felt like I was getting jerked around, yeah. But then again I also felt like half the team was incompetent where although mm-hmm. Yeah, I you're not talking about the Nolan Joy team. You're talking no, about the no, team I'm on screen. No, I'm talking about the team yeah. on screen we're seeing on, on Westworld, where like the robots yeah. were like super smart and the humans were just stupid, very stupid and selfish and right. got in their own way. There is a little bit of that, but it's institutional. Like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. when you see that like uh, evidence room cop and like, I don't know, man, shit gets lost all the time. Fuck if I know. Oh, you want me to get the logs? Like, what the f- 
what yeah. the fuck? But I do believe that that's the type of attitude that might prevail at least some evidence rooms across the United States. Mm-hmm. And it's maddening, but what are you going to do? It's it's not... Um, I mean, it, it just feels like the... It, it, what's really deft about it is they're leaving this cover up to where it's like it could go all the way to the top or it could just be a kidnapper being an opportunistic. And mm-hmm. they're also playing... I, I also think they're playing at the idea that like maybe Wayne... And Roland got themselves in a lot of trouble, like oh, yeah. being too lackadaisical in 1980 and too kind of roll over and accept things. And now they're being a little extrajudicial in the 90s and it's gotten them into trouble. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, we'll we'll probably get around to talking about all that stuff, I imagine. <laughs> we will. I thought it was another great episode. I, I How are you feeling about the, the Wayne and Amelia scenes at this point? Is, is it still as thrilling as it was last episode? Um. I'm a little bit, I gotta say, I'm a little bit more annoyed with Wayne, but I Mm. still think, I keep going back and forth between, I'm annoyed because his behavior is suboptimal, and it's hurting him and his wife and his his family, Mm -hmm. but I also think he comes by honestly. I I think... (laughs) When a veteran makes you shoot him uh, in the most personal way possible. Like... Yeah, no, he's got some fucking baggage. I mean, he's doing a stupid man thing where you just can't admit your weaknesses and vulnerability, even Uh though he was able to a little bit last week, but, like, there's a reason us men do that. Like, I think that's the one missing piece we have in a lot of these like toxic masculinity things it's just like it's not like we just woke up one day and decided to be assholes right yeah. like society pounded us into the shape over thousands and thousands of years to, to get to this point so like you know it, it's it's a little bit like t- making fun of the cripple that can't walk right you know like it, yeah it's not it, at some point you got to get your leg healed and, and, and get back in the game. But, you know, whose timetable that is. So I guess I'm a little bit more patient with this because mm-hmm. it's annoying and visceral and it feels real. But I've already mm-hmm. seen tons of bitching around the Internet about how how Amelia is the worst. And uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. You know, what do you what, what do you think? Yeah, I, I'm I'm fairly neutral on it. I don't I don't view those scenes as like too much at this point. Look, it's it's essentially been two episodes and right. and i feel like there is going to be this thing that ties it all back together and we saw exactly. a piece of that in this episode You're where right. you know wayne finds new information that he didn't have before courtesy of amelia's book which he could have cracked and read sometime in the last 22 years but yeah so i think this relationship is going to be important to the overall story well also uh, and, it, and wayne's perception of himself in 2015 you know and, and also they're throwing some red meat to the conspiracy crowd because Wayne also directly implicates uh, Amelia in part of why he's covering up at least some things or if not covering up, hiding things from Roland. We know that he had a meeting with like the Hoyt guy, which is a huge revelation. And he didn't tell uh, the Roland because of something between him and Amelia. So like, what the hell? Hmm. Like what? What in the world? So, And the fact that she's also kind of a true detective, that she's yeah, trying yeah. to get yeah. to the bottom just as much as he is. And she's getting pieces of the puzzle that he's not getting. Um, I, I think all this it, stuff is really cool. And that's what's keep making it interesting. Yeah. It's like there's some some jealousy there mm-hmm. from Wayne. Like, I, I, I don't want you solving this case before I do kind yeah. of thing or i don't want you bringing me the clue that breaks this wide open yeah that could be he, he feels like he's on the defensive here 
Or maybe he just doesn't want her part of this life because this life is something that he's got this weird, twisted attraction to, and he sees how fucked up it makes him. And like, it's like, hey, we don't have room for one head, Kate. I mean, that's a fundamentally selfish position, right? Sure. But yeah. and that's also, I think, going there's a lot of like just you know they're very different people, and mm-hmm. they have a lot of like core disagreements and how and and those come out in their fights again and again. Like Wayne feels used and disrespected, and Amelia feels controlled and boxed in, and. Uh, you know, we're obviously seeing probably the dissolution of a relationship, and I'm willing mm-hmm. to give that more than two or three scenes over the course of five weeks. <laughs> yeah, so call me I. crazy, but yeah. All right, maybe we should talk specifics about the episode. Hey, let's do some housekeeping real quick. Uh, if you go to baldmove.com, we did a lot of stuff last week. We're doing even more stuff this week. The big one last week is we did the Baldies Awards, our annual uh, kind of tongue-in-cheek award show. Uh, if you go to baldmove.com, there's also a link to this uh, coverage in the show notes. There's an award ceremony that is the actual delivered product, but there's also hours and hours of Jim and I recording our deliberations as we try to you know, make cases for the winners and uh, of the various different categories. Like if you like the Baldies, there is just so much Baldies content you can dive in and keep yourself busy with. As far as bald movies this week, last week we saw Velvet Buzzsaw, a Netflix original. This week we're seeing the Lego movie part two. Uh, for Bald Move TV, last week we did a little uh, introduction to Black Earth Rising and a complete coverage of the new Netflix series Kingdom. This week we're going to revisit Black Earth Rising and also have a pretty comprehensive look at the Netflix original Russian Doll. I think by the time we record it, we'll have seen all of that. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm digging it. Uh, big news this weekend is Saturday, literally all Saturday from midnight to midnight, Eastern Standard Time in the United States. We are having the second annual Not Quite on Groundhog's Day, Groundhog's Day Marathon. If you go to groundhog.baldmove.com, you can see all the latest information, such as the schedule um, and our charity. We are raising money once again for the National Alliance to End Homeless, Homelessness. You can find more information at groundhog.baldmove.com. It's set. Fa- se- it's sat- Saturday. It's Saturday, February 9th from midnight to midnight. Twitch.tv slash bald move. We're going to stream the entire thing live. Jim and I are going to watch every Star Wars movie in chronological order. And in between, because it's not quite 24 hours, in between we spliced up the Star Wars holiday special that we're going to force ourselves to watch for extra pain. And again, 24 hours of streaming content uh, and craziness just to raise money for the homeless. Last year, uh, it was crazy. If you want to get an idea, go to groundhog.baldmove.com where we have the entire 24-hour archive that you can watch. Watch the last hour. Watch you know the, the part at 3 o'clock in the morning. There's so much drama and intrigue. It's going to be a lot of fun. Please join us at twitch.tv slash... Wait, yeah, twitch.tv slash baldmove this Saturday to raise money for a great charity and have some fun doing it. All right, let's get in, starting with the 80s. Uh, we... I thought it was amazing restraint that the show writers had to know that Claymore was still ringing in our mm-hmm. ears and they made us wait a good long bit before they deployed it in the episode, but how they did it with like, you know, Wayne kind of looking at this, you know, yarn, this, the, the evidence board and seeing like all this, like, you know, redneck front yard, homemade chunky salsa and like you slowly realize, oh shit, that's Woodard's front. The, you know that that's his wrecked front house, and they get right to it. Mm-hmm. Did we talk last year week about the the music that they were playing the, during Woodward's setting up of the ambush? It's like very, I don't think so. 
kind of tribal and chanty and eerie woodwinds. And he, he like, I felt as very native American avenging ghost. Okay. Um, I wanted to talk about it. if I forgot to, then I just, you know, again, uh, was it, was it the T-bone that's doing the T-bone pickings? What, what's the guy who's doing the music for this, this show nowadays? Oh, I don't know. Uh, he's fucking doing an amazing job. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Claymore just erases the guy at the front door. Uh, and then Wooder just starts expertly assassinating everyone, like headshot, headshot, headshot. The cops arrive. It's a clusterfuck. I think, did Woodard accidentally shoot one of those guys? Or was he... I think he... I think when they showed up, he's like, now's my time. I'm... I'm. This is my bow. I'm I'm done. Yeah, it's crazy. And like, he started just killing indiscriminately and huh. with the intention of, of this being suicide the final shootout. Yeah. yeah. Cause, um, for but, sure. But I, I, I kind of went back and forth. Like, did he t- intend to do that so it would have this finality? Or was he actually thinking, I can justify all this and get off scot-free? Um, but uh, there's lots of shit that happens. Um, if Hayes and uh, or Wayne and Roland go around back to try to flank him. Uh, he, uh, Roland gets shot in the leg. Uh, the other improvised grenade goes off and kills a bunch of other dudes. Uh, Wayne is able to get the drop on him. Although, like, like you said, at this point, I think whatever Woodward is going in, uh, with a plan, he's actually now decided he's going to let this guy ambush him and he's going to do a suicide by cop and and it's a great scene because Mm -hmm. the men are both acting the shit out of it. And Wayne's like, how are you going to put this on me? And that's all they need to say. Like uh-huh. they've done such a good job constructing the this understood relationship between these two guys. Yeah, they connected on a they very just need a single line. level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and it says everything you need to know. It's it's really good. And Woodard's like, well, hey man, you took the job. You could have been a drifter in a go kart like me, but now you got to <laughs> yeah. ki- now you got to kill an, an ex uh, crazy vet just like yourself, and yeah. makes him do it. And it's harrowing. Uh, I got a question. About, yes, about last week's episode. Uh, Woodard not in the group of, let's say, ghosts that we see haunting Wayne uh, in the previous episode. Is that simply because they didn't want to reveal that yet? I or don't know that... that we haven't seen all the ghosts. Yeah. And also, maybe it's only only people he feels conflicted about. But I, I feel like he felt conflicted about this. <laughs> I agree. He really didn't want to do this. He had to do it, and see, the weight of that travels with him and one of the things that I, that I thought was brilliant about the scene i don't maybe maybe uh you didn't feel the same way but up until wayne shot him there was the possibility that woodard was going to not be able to shoot him and like wayne's like well i'm not shooting you so you turn around and do what you feel <laughs> so, i like, took that man at his word <laughs> I, I mean so you didn't have any like thought that like maybe I mean, this is going to be i saw an fbi agent's head explode <laughs> i saw a mortar not a mortar a trip mine go off right. and fucking obliterate people he's serious that is a serious man yeah i'm gonna believe whatever he says in that moment okay because they they had a little bit of like i wonder if they're gonna try and i, I in retrospect i think that would have been hokey but it was in the air enough that when like like actually when when woodard got his head blown off i was really like god damn it god i mean i was like i was at the scene like seeing something terrible and tragic unfold yeah. um it really yeah really got to me um so anything more to say about that or should we move on no. to the hospital where Wayne is giving his statement to the federal agents? I think it might have been just county officials about the standoff like you do. Mm-hmm. And he's expressing annoyance with it because like, I don't know why you have to have like double statements uh, back to back to back. But 
Um, he's pissed about that. The doctor comes out and says Roland looks like he's stable, but he's sedated. And then Amelia comes in to try to soothe him, and he's not initially having any of it until he catches wind of her scent. And then it's pretty much Ooh-ah. it's pretty much it's pretty much the dinner bell has been rung, and uh-huh. uh, they go back to her house and this, dinner hmm. is served. Not. I'm going to say not a great way to start the physical aspect of this relationship. It does feel like there's this, there is an intellectual repulsion, but an animal magnetism to these two, which, yeah, I've been there. It's, it's, it's fun while it lasts, but it doesn't typically last, you know, that, and it's just such a confusing moment for for both of them, right? Like, I mean, Look, Wayne is clearly traumatized in this oh, moment yeah, by he's what using he's sex had to, to do. disassociate. Oh, yeah, absolutely. no, it's fucked up. This yeah. is not a good foundation for this relationship, no. and I, I just hate to watch it, you know, because yeah. I know that it doesn't go anywhere good. Yeah, and you know, it also puts like um, context into like their rough wall sex. Is like it seems like maybe they're suggesting a pattern of him taking yeah. negative emotions and and pin and uh, turning them into sexual sexual aggression, mm-hmm. um, which can also be fun but also can be uh you know long-term detrimental oh yeah and yeah i think they're this is all just super fucking fascinating Mm -hmm. um because like again the second he starts going on about what do you smell like and she's like just ivory soap and chalk and he's looking at her that way like you know they're gonna throw (laughs) down but it's like five Uh minutes later before it actually happens and yet i don't care like i'm Mm -hmm. i'm in it for every significant look for every button unbuttoned for every <laughs> shoulder exposed it's uh it's, it's for every it's door scene. closed for every the, door the, closed uh, uh, an uncharacteristic uh moment of restraint on hbo's part to not just get marshall's yeah. dick out to not get uh amelia's tits out i wonder if nick P- they just close the door i wonder if nick pizzolato got all that out in season one like there was, was a lot of like diario is that her name yeah uh, Alexander and, and fucking woody harrelson yeah. yeah plus the girl from banshee um they're like yeah there was a lot of like gratuitous sex candy yeah and i maybe, was impressed and, with the restraint here. yeah 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 uh so then we see that the cops are i think days later they mentioned it's like three days after the event um, I think I think I know that because of what they talk about in 1990. But the cops are going and doing cataloging the the crime scene at Woodward's. I imagine that would be just a clusterfuck. Uh, like that many cops die and sit civilians, and there's that much order. Like they, they might take them a couple days to secure the scene and start cataloging. But they find a couple things there in a burn barrel. Uh, they find a partially burnt little girl's dress, uh, shirt, and underneath the front porch in the hole that's blown open by the Claymore, they find Will's backpack. Hmm. So Interesting. <laughs> now you and I both don't think for one second that Woodward killed these kids or no. had anything to, to do with their no. disappearance. So there is a conspiracy. The only question is, is it on the government side or is it on some ne'er-do-wells out in the public? Yeah. Or are those even exclusive at this point? We don't know. Um, so there you go. Um, I think that's it for the eighties. Honestly, we're ready to move on to the nineties. Okay. Um, do so they are discussing doing an all points bulletin for Julie, but as last week, they're talking about how they need to handle it with discretion because they don't want, you know, the, the people playing on the other side to know their game plan and they want to spare the father, the grief insert scoot McTommy. 
uh, walking in and saying, "All oh, oh, excuse me, Lieutenant West, they want me to make a statement. And instantly, oh, my God, because up on this wall is the worst. It's his ex-wife mm-hmm. dying of an overdose. It's the girl he thought was dead who's now, like, chilling out in a Walgreens. It's like, and and he plays it appropriately. Um, yeah. We also found out, like, a couple things that that maybe Lucy and Cousin Dan are somehow connected because Lucy died of an overdose in Vegas in 88, and yeah. they lose track of uh, Mr. O'Brien in 87 in Vegas. Mm-hmm. That seems like a pretty solid connection. Um, and then the other thing is that uh, Hayes kind of overrules Roland quite a bit here. Oh, he steps way out of line. Yeah. Way out of line. And w- and is and even more out of line when like Roland calls him on it, he kind of gets like chip chippy and chesty about it. Mm-hmm. Um so like it's clear that there's going to be some kind of rift between these two men. I'm not sure what it is, but you can see the seeds being planted. Mm-hmm. Um and and also I understand why. Like I understand why Wayne would be very skeptical of the police work and this guy who got a promotion and seems like he's a professional, you know, brown noser, you know, handling it, handling it just right. I understand why he's skeptical and wanting to, like, you know, overstep his authority. Yeah, it seems like he's playing the same game as the guy who becomes attorney general, right? Right, right. Um, then this is where he reflects on the photos of the the slaughter at Woodard's and brings us back in 80. So we'll skip over that. Uh, there's a press conference where Tom uh, Purcell has been brought in to make a statement pleading with people to have information about the whereabouts of Julie to come forward. Um, and then Alan, the new prosecuting attorney who's making a run at this Kent guy, gets <laughs> up and says, that's a bunch of bullshit. I got Woodard's kids right here. They want fucking vengeance and justice for their father and we're bringing all you down essentially putting on a show yeah he puts on he puts on a show which he plays the only game that guy knows how to play which yeah. is the press game yeah uh and wayne is like you know where's all this perry mason shit like i think he's skeptical of this guy's bona fides and he thinks uh it's this is more like grand grandstanding is it bona fides bona fides i heard someone I, pronounce it that way man, the other day and it blew my mind i have no idea it's either Latin or French, and either way, it's not English, and I barely have a handle on that. Um, what do you think about... I mean, I, I suspect everyone's motivations, honestly, even Wayne's, right? Yeah, I mean, when you look at you know the stuff he can and can't remember mm-hmm. and the stuff that Roland says about it in 2015, you got to start to wonder where does this investigation go off the rails? Right. Somewhere between episode six and eight, I'm guessing. Yeah. Um, somewhere between 1990 and 2015. But I, I don't know. I mean, this this guy does strike me. The the fuck. I don't know any other titles. The the guy I don't either. And it's like the guy who's got Woodard's kids yeah. with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he strikes me as a guy who is sort of the nemesis, be, being set up as the nemesis for the AG. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I don't think he's like as involved in whatever game the AG is playing, the, the mm-hmm. politics game, the media game, mm-hmm. I, I think he's willing to like come down to his level to do that, but not in the same type of nefarious way that uh, the AG is. He, he strikes me as a much more disingenuous and opportunistic and potentially criminally uh, culpable person. <laughs> I agree. I, I actually, uh, that's entirely my take on Alan, that okay. he's willing to wrestle with the pigs and get muddy, and we'll see... Yeah. That's usually not a wise wise plan, you know. Like it, it might be a better idea to build an airtight case and then and then spring it. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's kind of interesting because, like, that's kind of what Roland is trying to do. He's like, look, mm-hmm. we can't go run into the, the the we can't go run into mommy the first time we have a a inkling about what's going on. If you're right about this going as high as it is, then we have to be cautious and build an even better case because if we if we come down to something circumstantial but interesting, they'll just shut us down. Yeah, if they're dirty. You know, whereas if we have something that's so big that they can't ignore or can't bury. And I I mean, that's that's a smart play, but it's also can turn into another form of cover up. Right. Uh, Yeah, I suppose so. Like Uh, like an accidental cover up. Is that what you're saying? Oh, it's almost like, you know, justice. Like, what is the phrase about justice too long delayed is Mm. justice denied? Yeah, Yeah. Like if if Roland turns out. I mean, some of this stuff is like just being cautious and cunning. But if it turns out that he just like no matter what, like we just need the next, we just need an actual smoking gun. Oh, this is smoke but not fire. Then maybe he's part of the cover up, or maybe he just doesn't have the wherewithal to tell truth to power. I don't. I, I'm, I'm waiting to see if that there's a line that gets crossed there where Roland goes from cautious to obtuse. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, it, it could also be that getting in the mud with these pigs mm-hmm. is exactly what exposes the cracks in their armor, you know? Like, that might lead to some information you wouldn't have gotten through the, the typical methods right. of investigation that, you know, makes everything make sense. Right. So, I, I don't know how I feel about it. Like, I, I think Roland's right. They they need to pursue this cautiously, but they also need all the information. And And I feel like... Here's where I feel like Roland has the right of it. Mm-hmm. They haven't exhausted all their options. Right. Uh, they haven't begun. If if they have followed up on all the leads and they are at the end of their rope with this right. investigation, then you start you, to play you with take those your shots. You right. take your shot, right. Hope that it exposes something and you can follow that up. But to do it right now like Wayne does, I think is foolish. Yeah. But on the other hand, it does seem like, you know... Maybe that's one thing Wayne learned in 1980s is like, don't be too cautious because the people up are just going to fuck it up anyway. So, yeah, yeah, it's it's really interesting. Um, so they go visit Freddie, who's now 10 years older and is really, really smarting over the shit heel prison <laughs> rape stuff. Yeah. I mean, it makes me think more happened after that than just. Yeah, I want a couple of comments that made the kid cry. Although that's not the first time that kid has been yeah. insulted to the point that he's cried. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I was trying to like how I feel about, you know, if, if that happened to me when I was 17 or 18, like, would that change, you know, would, would that like poison my uh, opinion of cops to, to some like would push me into criminal activity? Or was this guy like Wayne assumed going to be headed to criminal activity anyway? Like I honestly I honestly don't know how to read it, but this guy is really fucking pissed. And what I think is interesting is when, you know, Wayne tries to turn it around on him because Wayne's feeling kind of guilty in this scene because the Mm -hmm. kid, everything he's saying is totally right on. Wayne is a bit of a bully and enjoys (laughs) when he can flip the power over on these, uh, these, these white dudes, like putting the screws Mm -hmm. to him. He even admits to it. Like, I I like going for that particular racial jugular because if you're not racist, it doesn't matter who's giant cock is fucking you to death, right? <laughs> sure. You know, it could be yeah. rainbow or green or purple, technicolor. Who gives a shit? But uh, only a racist would... would, would I, I don't know. Like, he came at me crazy. I don't feel like I'm a racist, but if I'm threatened to be raped to death by giant black cocks, I would be... I, I would start sweating. Yeah, Not because I'm sure. racist. If I think it's, it's actually rape a possibility. Yeah. yeah, it's the rape to death that's, that's making me sweat. Sure. Anyway, he's feeling guilty about it, and the guy's like, 
yeah, you like being a bully. Or if maybe if you weren't such a bully, you wouldn't be in this mess. And he's like, well, you you like being a bully, too. And also, I was a teenager. What's your excuse? Mm -hmm. And that fucking blows up Wayne to where he can hardly... He, the one thing that can take him off the case is an accurate depiction <laughs> of his relative privilege in any given situation. Hmm. Like the idea that... Yeah. A, a black man in the box with a white 17 year old actually is the one with the power dynamic there. Mm. He doesn't want, you know, that's, that's, I, I just thought it was super interesting. And yeah, that's a, it's a hard thing for him to wrestle with, I'm sure. It's a hard thing for anybody to wrestle with. Like, yeah. it's, it's hard. It's, that's why, like, a lot of poor white guys get so pissed when he says, I heard uh, white privilege, like, uh, you know, I don't got any, I love, I want to get some of that white privilege. It's like, no it, it's all it's all relative it's not a fucking hard and fast like you're this category that means you're always going to have more personal and political power it's it's all relative and yeah no i, I think uh, look wayne is a pretty defensive man anyway yes uh and to what this kid essentially says is you're a hypocrite right uh and and a bully right and i think yeah that does strike a, a chord with wayne because he realizes that in that moment yeah he was actually a bully yep. and he's doing the very thing that he hates to see the white people doing to him on a daily basis exactly and it's a small a drop in the bucket compared to what sure. he has to deal with but he, i don't think he likes that he did that to somebody else no and and, and he's he's got a conscience and it's it's mm -hmm. pain in him here's um, the thing though wayne was wrong about this kid oh I don't. I don't think this kid is in prison right now. We don't and know. He's like twenty eight, twenty seven. That's what I'm saying. Like this guy, this kid so, seemed like. Well, he's like a like a he's like he's a, working on uh, cars. I think he's at his mechanic. own house. So yeah. he's like working for himself. He's got a uh, you know a, a supportive, attractive wife. Uh, he's got a good looking kid. Like this guy seems like he should have a lot going for him. But uh, maybe I don't know. Maybe he. Maybe he's. I don't know. I, I don't get a read on whether this guy is living the life or not. I mean, he certainly doesn't think he is, but like, and, and uh, I don't know, he probably isn't, but yeah. he's definitely, maybe he's been to prison, but he's not in That's prison That's what currently. I was thinking, like, maybe he actually did do a stint in prison, he's gotten out, got himself cleaned up, and it's like, no thanks to you maybe. guys. Yeah. And and also, I think maybe uh, if, we're, if we want to dig to the bedrock of, the emotional bedrock of the scene, is this guy's terrified that that's exactly what they're doing. Like they're going to come back and ha like, yeah. oh, you didn't get the 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 dead Indian somehow redeemed himself from beyond the grave. Well, I guess it's time for Whitey to be in the box. Like I think he's actually afraid that they might do that to him. Yeah, and I don't know that the evidence has suggested that not they in the form of like you know West and and Hayes, but they in the form of the system mm -hmm. wouldn't wouldn't do that. Yeah, same thing. Sam Whitehead was complaining about right. Right. Like he's he's. <laughs> those guys are concerned about the same shit right and there again that's like that's like i think that's the one thing the show's really doing fascinating is exploring like and that's one of the thesis that they said they wanted to is like the relative like balances of power and how you know you can be in one down in every part of society but you step into this trailer park and now you are fucking king kong mm -hmm. um to these these people destroying their community it's and i just said these people oh boy <laughs> you're in trouble <laughs> i know i know um i it, it's i just think this is fascinating they're doing it well now the one mm -hmm. piece of actual information beyond just racial identity politics and uh some good character work is that apparently when will was looking for his sister he said i'm not sure where they got off to implying yeah. that there was not just a kid somebody with will somebody with will that's new information huh. yeah new shit coming to light 
they then uh, contact a young drifter who was running with Julie, who he knows as Mary July. And he says that she's a little off, which is not uncommon amongst the people who are kind of homeless and, and living out there drifting. But she thinks that she is some sort of secret princess from the pink rooms, which is interesting in light of the childhood pictures of castles and whatnot that, that were, they recovered her room and that she's lost a brother. She's looking for him. Uh, the police are able to lean on this guy enough to get him to write down his other associates, which doesn't seem to lead anywhere because we see a mm-hmm. very brief scene of them kind of like going through an interrogation montage of a bunch of people in like a youth hostel or something. And yeah. old man Wayne says they didn't find anything, but old man Wayne doesn't remember a lot. So that's true. That's true. Um, Roland then invites uh, Amelia and Wayne to go to his house to have dinner. Oh boy. And this is the biggest dinner clusterfuck since Jesse Pinkman was invited to eat with the whites. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's pretty awkward. And, you know, like, I actually thought they were playing this for laughs. The fact that, like, literally everyone wants to talk about the case except for Wayne. And then he just becomes a, becomes a belligerent asshole and makes everyone, including all viewing members of the audience at home massively uncomfortable. What's, what's your take on this? Uh, the thing that stuck with me at the end of this scene, aside from the obvious, which is, you know, Wayne kind of being an asshole here is that Roland refuses to talk about this case, or at least isn't pressed into talking about this case by his girlfriend, mm-hmm. uh, at home. And yet he's willing to open up to Amelia Mm-hmm. With all the details when yeah. when she just mentions it, so like it, it, that's a weird that's a weird dichotomy there. Like I won't talk to my wife or my girlfriend about this, but yeah. I will talk to my partner's wife about this, who has a professional interest in it, or, or who's got a book that's coming out. Yeah, I, it that was the thing that stuck with me at the end of the scene is how weird that vibe was between Roland and his girlfriend. Huh? I never even thought about that. Because she's like, oh, yeah, I'd like to know about that case, yeah, she's too. Like, yeah, I've not heard about it. Right, yeah. It's like, oh, I'm interested. To- yeah, you're right. There is a little bit yeah. of that. Um, but that's obviously secondary to the Wayne and Amelia right. shit. Um, so, and neither one... It, what's interesting is neither one of them are willing to give quarter. Like, they're both willing to have a knockout, drag down, drag out. Well, I mean, not knockout, drag out, because that would look... that That's more of a Lucy and uh, Tom kind of thing. Uh-huh. But yeah, like if this happened in front of me at a dinner table, it would it would ruin the evening, to say the least. I oh, don't, yeah. You don't recover from that. And, uh, and it's funny, too, because I think Wayne is kind of pissed at Roland in this scene, too. He Roland yeah, is engaging. Like, right. the last... He should be picking up on the hints coming from Wayne that Wayne does not want to fucking talk about this. I get it, but... And Roland, every time, just engages with Amelia on it. Because the thing is, is I thought... Like, again, because I thought it was played for laughs, I thought the idea was that Wayne is being a little too, like, prim and proper about this, and, like, Roland doesn't give a shit, and it's kind of mm-hmm. almost like, kind of lighten up, buddy. Like, hey, we can... It's like, I don't... You know, but he's not he's not as obsessed and ate up about this as as Roland is. Right. Or I'm sorry, as Wayne is. And maybe Roland's yeah. complicit and maybe there's a lot of things. Or maybe it's just a case to Roland, you yeah. know, where it's more personal to Wayne for whatever reason. Yeah. Um. So they get home and they relieve one of their mothers. I'm not sure which ones uh, of babysitting duties. And they just immediately get down and dirty with the fighting. And, you know, he's accusing her of using people to steal their stories to make herself look big. She accuses him of wanting to control her. Um, the children come down, woke up from their fight because the little girl is sick, and they make 
there's a family rule that you don't go to bed without saying I love you. And so they, they tell the kids I love you, they put them to bed, and then they go hate fuck. They go... <laughs> Yeah, anger fuck. Uh, they would, right? except for there was too many, too much kids having too many uh, stories told in their bed. Yeah, that, that got involved. It was more of an anger, angry reading of the Jungle Book session. <laughs> um, so they told the story of the Jungle Book, uh, and the passage he read is um, Bagheera, the Black Panther, talking about how he was raised in captivity since he was a, a, a panther cub. Until he got big and strong enough and realized he could no longer be contained by his cage and he burst out. And it's kind of like he's boasting about um, the fact that living life with man made him even more dangerous in the jungle. Like mm-hmm. understanding the civilized ways of man allowed him to, to exploit them and be like as feared as Shere Khan, which is the king of the tigers. Mm-hmm. I can't help but feel that this is commentary about Wayne. Like, only in reverse. Like, he went out to the jungle and brought animal savagery and, like, the the horrors of war back to civilization. And they're painting him as someone who uh, either thinks he can or actually is in a position to be stronger because of that or to do things that other people can't. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't know, because, like, I think in just my meta-analysis of this thing of Bagheera is, like, Bagheera is doing this in the context of trying to kind of like mock intimidate the little boy Mowgli and Mowgli's not having it. He's not scared of Bagheera. <laughs> uh-huh. So like, I wonder if like this is another commentary on the fact that Wayne thinks it's the one way, but it's the other. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what to make of it. Honestly. Uh, the, the, the reference that I see is the, the black Panther thing, right? We know that Amelia used to be sort of an activist mm-hmm. uh, uh, right. in, in her community. So I assume there's some connection they're making there too. Hmm. But honestly, she, I was so wrapped up in the conspiracy at this point, I didn't do a lot of thinking on that. Right. Well, I mean, it's it's also common to, cons- to call like you know um, inner city areas like you know the concrete jungle. Sure. I wonder yeah. if like that's that's something an unappreciated facet of that she's been through some shit too, mm-hmm. and you know she's emerged into civil society, and they're like a lot more akin than they they think they are. Could be. Maybe she's yeah. Bagheera. Maybe we are underestimating her. Um. There's a really nifty transition to timelines where Wayne looks at himself in the 80s or in the 90s covered with blood, um, you know, through the window, through the yeah. window that it's 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 it's, it's pretty nifty, but it essentially mm-hmm. transitions and we've already gone to where it's transitioning. So moving on, uh, Wayne is going and uh, pouring over old stuff in the evidence room and he finds out the unknown prints on the toys that he wanted to. You know, because like like Roland had a great idea earlier that like we should run these prints again because hell they didn't have databases now they do so we might you know pick up something like we might solve this crime for free. Great idea! Someone stolen the fingerprints out of the evidence room, mm-hmm. and the evidence room's cops does not give a shit about any like I I, I don't know. Again, I'm staggered by this guy who seems like he has a very boring, shitty job. Like, this has got to be the hottest case ever. Like, if you can get in and just do, like, some genuine police work, like, what else are you going to do? Sit there and do Mad Libs? Like, what the fuck? This is before yeah. cell phones. You can't be playing a cool video game or or on Reddit. Like, what the hell is more interesting than solving a cold case? I don't know. He could have, like, a, what, a Game Boy at that time? Nah, not quite. Not quite. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Original Game Boy's 89, I think. I think. Late, late 80s. Sure, yeah. he could have a Game Boy tucked away in his Don't think he does. His All right, if he's playing Tetris, then... He'd need a lot of batteries, though. <laughs> um, I Yeah, that's that's annoying. Uh, it's super annoying to Wayne. Um, anything else you want to talk about here? No, not really. 
Um, so also in the nineties, uh, there, there's a scene where, um, Wayne confronts Roland with this information. And we already talked about how Roland says, you know, we got to make sure it's airtight. You can't just, and even, I think there is a, where Wayne kind of realizes that he might be getting ahead of himself. And he's like, cause Roland's like, what are you trying to say? Like, are you trying to say the AG is covering all their some and, and Roland's and, and Wayne's like, well, I, you know, who knows that that crime scene is over for three days. Anybody could have done it, mm-hmm. which is actually something that's like really important to do as a police officer. It seems like not get what did what did Roland say? Not get fixated target fixation. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, yeah, you can see it happening progressively through Wayne, right? Like yeah. until until we track this down for now, this is Julie, right? Like right. he's saying this in fact is the girl we're looking for when they don't really know Mm -hmm. and yeah he's he's doing it over and over again this episode um but too invested in the middle of this tire in the middle of this argument they're having they find out that there's been a new phone call over the hotline overnight yeah it's funny roland i feel like they're setting up the differences between these guys and how roland plays the game simply by things like phone calls like roland interrupts his conversation to take a phone call now it might be his convenient way of getting out of this Mm -hmm conversation he doesn't want to have uh but he takes his phone call whereas the scene before we see wayne ignoring a phone call mm-hmm. the, I, I just think that was like a really interesting way to show okay one guy's playing the political power game here right the other guy is not concerned with that uh so they listen to it and they bring in decided to bring in tom and put him in the interrogation box and make him listen to it too and on, on and we hear a disturbing conversation where uh, a woman who is identifying as Lucy, but she doesn't say that's her real name, says that she saw the TV stuff and she wants this man to stop bothering her. The man that's claiming to be on television, make him go away, make him leave him alone. Uh, he he uh, what was the word he said? Um, he's acting like my father, but he's not. I know what he did. I know. I don't know what he did with Will. We left him resting. He took me and I'm never coming back. And Hayes and West are staring at this man hard. Yeah, I'm starting to worry that they might kill Tom because they just um, now let's talk. Let's do a little bit of theory talk here. This is where things get real muddy and real interesting, too, because the one the more interesting ones I saw was playing with the idea that everyone thinks it's she's talking about Tom. But Mm -hmm. the other man who is up there acting paternal was the attorney general. Mm -hmm. And like that that she's at the person she's actually angry at and wants to leave alone is is that person and not her her dad um discuss like there's also yeah no th- so there's a possibility of either of those being true or right. both of them being true yeah what if she's talking about two different people with the same pronoun essentially like because right. she doesn't she seems pretty conf- if any person that's going around saying you're a secret princess of the pink palace um is probably oh, i don't not- even think it needs to necessarily be confusion i yeah. think or some kind of drug addled mind brainwashing like yeah it doesn't have to be that i'm i'm thinking remember early on in this series or the season rather we were speculating about the relationship of dan the uncle to the kids right like okay there's some weird timing around the marriage that he was staying there Mm -hmm. like there were some notes passed Mm -hmm. we started speculating about whether dan might actually be the father of these kids right with lucy um that would kind of line up with that man pretending to be my father on TV. Right. If Julie now knows, look, Dan is my real father, mm-hmm. and this guy doesn't actually care about me. He was never there for me. Mm. Uh, my uncle Dan 
maybe would come to the woods and play with us uh, uh, all the time. Yeah, and yeah. he was my real father the whole time. Yeah. I, I can see that being true, but also the AG maybe is there's some pursuit of her to like cover up a case gone wrong. Right. Uh, years ago, which could now affect his status. Right. I suppose if it came to light. And so maybe he's out there, you know, there are people looking for Julie. He's out there yeah. with his people looking for Julie, trying to cover this back up. Yeah. Uh, I don't know where like the uncle and the AG would would meet here, other than just like through the investigation. But I, I think there are a lot of possibilities here, right. and it almost asks more questions than it answers. Yeah, because there's like I also you know we've talked about the Hoyt connection theory, where you know this big wealthy family yeah. whose daughter lost a granddaughter, and you know we've seen a picture of her, and you know it looks like roughly Julie's age and hair color that they have done this like reverse raising Arizona, where they you know took this girl and somehow brainwashed her, conditioned her to believe that she had been you know, and I, I that I could see a person buying that like a six seven year old girl like. Mm-hmm. You're dead. You're you're yeah. You're in a terrible situation. You, these are your these are your ugly step parents. Yeah. These these are your wicked step parents. Just like in all the movies you've seen, and like we have mansions and castles, and you're the rightful princess of. Like I could see a kid in a bad situation going for that, mm-hmm. um, without it taking much. Now, how you carry that delusions into your mid to late twenties seem or like uh, your your yeah your early adulthood that seems like maybe there's there's been more to it than than some benevolent person trying to rescue her and give her a good life but yeah and if if she was given this good life what she's on the run now she's a runaway well, living on the streets with other runaways and here's the other question what if it's if 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 the Hoyt family is involved mm-hmm. none of them are on stage none of them are on the camera what why that that seems like it's a big problem for that that like there's a lot of suspicion being shown on tom on maybe the ag on maybe the uncle as you said but how does this connect with the hoyts i'm not quite seeing it but the show the show wants us to ask that question because we're about to get into the 2015s which the hoyt connection comes up well Um, i think the hoyt connection came up in the 90s as well right uh it came up in that dinner scene where the the girlfriend of roland says I'm a chicken scientist, essentially. I'm in poultry science. Poultry science, yeah. yeah. But Uh, that's just because that's the largest employer in that area of the state, isn't it? Yeah, it it could be, or it could be something more nefarious. Like Like if you're not doing chicken science, you're building school buses. I mean, that's that's what you do when you're in Middle Finger or whatever this place is called. (laughs) Yes. Um, Okay, are we ready to to, to make the jump to 2015? Let's do it. All right. Uh, Old Man Hayes recalls not getting anything from many interviews with the runways and drifters um, as he is kind of like breaking things down for this producer. Uh, The producer, Eliza, challenges him if he remembers an officer, Harris James, that went missing after the 1990s investigation. Hmm. He says he doesn't recall, but there are field notes of him having conversations with this guy. And we found out in the flashback that this is the man who found the backpack. Dun, dun, dun. Well, this was the guy in charge of the... Running the Monotok playbook. scene, right? Was he in charge or was he just the guy that found the backpack? Why do you think he's the guy in charge of it? Is, is that Did they I say I'm that? Not, I'm not sure. Maybe they did say that, um, you know. I know he was connected with it. So, okay. yeah, obviously he could have been the guy who planted the thing well i mean I, you're I, probably right if you if you caught that and i didn't and here's the thing like i don't uh, to me it's so obvious how they framed it and like you know his goober face like look here i found it i i kind of feel like this is disinformation that 
whoever like I think that that Hayes is right that this crime scene was open and someone took opportunity and it was just a random cop who found it but okay yeah maybe they killed him because I don't but why would then why they kill him to cover it up if he was just a guy doing his, his job because they don't believe him all the evidence points to him and he hmm. oh maybe he's a dick about it oh maybe and, oh I was thinking the 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 killers killed him but yeah you're right Wayne oh no I, Wayne I think Roland, Roland essentially says we killed that guy in that, that final guy? scene yeah really I think that is all but said in that final See, scene because I think he they could be talking about one of three or four or maybe all of those people I, I don't know there's a line in there where Roland says it's after he Wayne mentions the name Harris James mm. and Roland's like that guy you just named something and it's after the comment no, that Roland that, makes about I, killing okay. a guy and but but the last name they mentioned was the uncles i think so i made the connection to that guy I, hmm. but the, the I way i remember the exact order but I, I took it as harris james I, okay i i thought i got it in right order maybe it wasn't because I, I i went through that scene a couple times but i think the way they're the way they're wording everything ambiguously it could be that like Roland just thinks that uncle is a perv Mm-hmm. And didn't kill him, and is glad the guy found showed up. And there's like, I, I, there's a bunch of different ways you could take that. Okay. Um. But now, I, what if? Because this is a great scene that we're about to get into, and I just want to raise the question of like, there's a. Let, let, let me let, let's let's get into it because it'll it'll be more effective. I think if we lay this out. Yeah. Um. So. The the lady, uh, the, the the podcaster, points out that there's a lot of people dead and missing in the case, but as Roland says, or as uh, Haynes says, well, yeah, that happens. Look at me. I've lost almost everyone at this point. Yeah. yeah, it's been it's been 30, 34 years at this point. 32 years? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, that is an interesting point, because that's a, like a JFK conspiracy point, is like, look how many people died, you know, there were witnesses. But like, when you have thousands and thousands of subpoenas witness, witnesses in the Warren Commission the fact that like 30 of them died over a course of 20 years <laughs> not super suspicious yeah but I mean, what's the average death rate of the population and right. transfer that and see how they compare yeah exactly uh you know you gotta get you gotta if it's act- like four times as high uh, yeah maybe yeah and also if it's like uh clustered around maybe the more important people in the investigation mm-hmm. um yeah. But uh, anyway, it's it's uh, it's something yeah, that's the way police works hard. You got to keep in mind all the possibilities at the uh, simultaneous. Mean, Wayne is lucky that Rowan's not dead, given his sure physical uh, decrepitude. Situation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, the man is smoking and drinking himself to death. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's amazing that he lived to 70. Uh, so old old man Hayes starts reading Amelia's book for the first time, which b- about time, man, about time. Uh, and he reads a, a kind of lurid account of uh, the Lucy scene from last week where Amelia confronts her with her children's possess- possessions. And it causes him to realize that both Lucy and the note writer said children should laugh, which, oh, my God, it breaks the case wide open. This is so fucking stupid. Yeah, it doesn't. It, I mean, it, it really doesn't. It can. But the fact that this is the smoking gun kind of annoys me. But I don't care but, but because we have else information. So okay. Okay. We don't have all the information mm. that a hundred percent connects these dots, but there is a lot of things you could look at with that children should laugh and say, well, there there are some logical assumptions to make, like that Lucy would have seen the note at some point. Right. And that she would simply be quoting the note at Amelia, and that Amelia would take that quote and put it in her book. Not because Lucy wrote the note, but because right. Lucy had seen the note and and internalized 
what the note said about herself and then right. spew that onto Amelia. Well, yeah, and are you are you also getting at the fact that there's also a bunch of assumptions that Amelia did not juice up this conversation, did not like intentionally <laughs> change that children should laugh because it's so juicy that it connects with the note? Yeah. Like, you know, Wayne is very dangerous him going back and read this sensationalized kind of like 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 I think it's okay for the public to listen to serial podcasts, but Jesus Christ, I hope the police don't. Yeah. Other than to maybe learn where they make mistakes because, you know, I want them to get down to the capital truth. A book writer is trying to make something the most, they're trying to present the most interesting version of the truth that you can get away with and still call it true crime, right? Yeah. And I so, mean, just before, I mean, during, it, it's, this quote is in the context of some very flowery prose. Right. About the soul. And like, to, to take this, I don't know, and just run with it like Wayne does is a little bit of a jump. Plus, for me. children should laugh. I mean, that's like such a generic. Like, if it was like children should chortle, if it was spelled S H U D, then maybe and, we're talking. Right? And if you could see, like, that's how that like Lucy spells should on the regular, yeah. then you're starting to make some. But I don't, I don't know. It's uh, it's it's I I think it's dumb. But even if it's a linchpin in the case, I don't care because everything else is so good. Oh yeah. Um. So the other important thing in this scene is that Wayne sees the black sedan that last week he said, if I see this guy too many more times, I need to start getting paranoid. Uh, it's time to get paranoid, apparently. <laughs> yeah, this could be part of a cover up. Yeah, it's going, or do you think that what's really going on is the podcast people know exactly what Wayne and Roland has done and they're trying to do a jinx on him? Could be. Uh, yeah. Where if you don't know the Jinx is a documentary where the subject of that documentary essentially got played into admitting to the crime while he's pissing in a urinal like it's the damn it's the craziest damn thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, but with a guy who's kind of losing touch things, I could see a person like, wow, wouldn't that be an amazing piece of television? That like you think that this is an investigation about the true killer, but it's actually an investigation about these these bent cops that were just dispensing rough street justice, mm-hmm. incorrect street justice, which I guess is street injustice. Um. So yeah, I don't yeah, know what I to love, think about that. I love uh, Wayne's line about you know essentially like Roland says, "Look, you can't remember the things you did. How do you know you're not going to say anything?" <laughs> Wayne says, uh, "If I remember." I'll remember not to say anything. Yeah, I, I, I love that line. It's just, it's, yeah, like, I, like, I, it's it's impossible for me to remember the thing without also remembering. Oh yeah, I shouldn't say anything. Right. About it's this. like, oh shit, I forgot we killed that guy in a totally illegal way. Oh, I guess I should not mention that. I, no, I it, it's great, but also I get Roland's point. Right? He's like, oh, you might say things that you don't know incriminate yeah, or yourself this pro- or me. The, or this producer works gets you worked up and you do like essentially a Jack Nicholson from uh, A Few Good Men, <laughs> yeah. only easier because you're not only emotionally compromised. But your fucking brain's on all there, dude. Yeah. Roll's got a point. I'm just... Yeah. I like that line. Uh, and then we get the glorious appear. I was looking forward to old man, hey, uh, old man, uh, Roland. Yeah. But he delivered above and beyond my expectations. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talk so much shit about Steven Dorff because he, <laughs> he, he shilled for e-cig before it was cool. It's still not cool. I don't think No, it's never going to be cool. Come on. I can't believe how fucking good this guy is. Yeah, this is the new thing I think of when I think Steven Torf. He he has redeemed himself from the blue scandal. Like like if he makes some smart choices, he like if his next three roles yeah. he makes smart choices on, he's going to have a nice back half of his career. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, he's going to be more than just the 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 idiot villain from Blade and the guy who makes Isigs look even less cool than they were. Uh, <laughs> I I just I I can't. I mean, I'm blown. I'm blown away. It's like I don't know, like seeing John Travolta in Pulp Fiction, except for John Travolta was cool at one time. Yeah, you know, I just can't believe this guy. Yeah, uh, this is a definitive scene. For me, yeah, for and True it, Detective, uh, akin to, uh, I think it was last week with the the Amelia and Wayne dinner scene. I, I think both of those scenes are excellent scenes. Yeah, what Mahershala and him are doing here is just, I think it's very hard to play one character this far apart in time because time ages a person. It gives you different wisdom, it gives you different appreciation for things, and mm-hmm. like between that and the the script and the makeup, they're just effortlessly well. I don't know about effortlessly. They're selling the hell out of that. And it's just such a, it's just so, it's just a pleasure to watch unfold. Yeah. I think playing three, playing one character in three timelines is probably more difficult than playing three separate characters. Yeah. Because every decision you make in every timeline affects the others. And, and it requires so much subtlety. There's like so much like, like, uh, yeah. is doing like this, this like, uh, old black eye voice work, uh-huh. but it's still recognizably the same guy as he was in, you know, his, his, his thirties and forties. It's yeah, just got like, it's yeah, I, I think it's amazing. Um, <laughs> when he comes and greets him says looking good purple, who's that old man with you? That's such yeah. a fucking, it's just a perfect it's a perfect way to to set this off as mm-hmm. like a guy, you know, I, it, it's 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 it perfectly kicks off this scene with him and his dogs and greeting his old friend. Um, there is there is a little bit of an artificial point here where, uh, you know, Henry gets Roland off to himself to, to yeah. fully explain the situation without like uh, Wayne, like rapping the door with his cane. Be like, you talk about me. Are you talking about me, Henry? <laughs> you talking shit about me? Don't talk. It's like, yeah, it's like. How what what is Wayne doing? Just kind of pacing around outside, waiting for his son to talk about how like kind of relatively crazy and unstable his man is. That doesn't seem like something that Wayne would do, but yeah, it but makes Wayne's the scene more of work. a get down to it kind of guy. Right, right. Yeah. Um. So, man, it seems like Roland is very hurt and offended progressively in the scene when he realizes how much Hayes doesn't know anything about him. Roland is yeah yeah oh, I, I've I, for whatever reason I want to get these guys names mixed up all the time because my brain don't work too you, you good might either. have said it right I okay I, hmm. okay yeah I I guess so <laughs> like he's is hmm a lot of people are speculating a lot of people some people uh-huh. are saying that maybe this is not the first time that they have met in those twenty four years but it seems to me like it is. So, because there is something... I mean, Roland says, look, it's been 24 years. You didn't pick up a phone. You didn't do anything. You didn't come by. Yeah. It's, it's got to be the first time they've seen each other. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm about to make the case. I'm, I'm, gonna make, I'm about to make a case here. Uh, so, West and Hayes are... Wor- like, they're pondering about whether they have to worry about things coming back to them. You know, Roland questions whether Wayne even knows anything about that. Apparently, he doesn't. He knows that there was a something, but he doesn't know exactly what they did. Mm-hmm. Um, they also, he mentions that Hoyt came to see him the day after. Is it the day after they interrogated Tom or the day after the Woodard massacre? 
And or is it supposed to be in, intentionally ambiguous so we don't exactly know the context? It could be, yeah. Because it's in, in, in like it's that I love it because you know it's very rare in Hollywood type productions that they do things like this where when old friends meet each other for the first time they needlessly fill each other in about their backstories. When reality they would just make like oh you know that that event right, and that's what how it would happen, but. Here, like they're subverting that expectation and playing it realistically, and it's so fucking frustrating because, like, what fucking incident, man? Yeah, they're kind of doing We're both, watching three right? time like, zones here. Roland has to has to kind of dance around uh, Wayne's illness, yes, and, and you know, kind of fill in the blanks, but not artificially, right? Kind of yeah. filling them in for Wayne, uh, while not totally filling it in, but leaving some of it ambiguous because there's some stuff they can't talk about and. Uh, it's just really good. Yeah, the, the, he, he didn't tell Hoyt. The current of this scene is just yeah, delicious. He, he didn't tell the, the about the conversation of uh, old man, like I presume big game hunter Hoyt coming to talk to him, and he knew what we did. So I'm guessing this is referring to the 90s incident. He knew what we did, because I don't think they did anything in the 80s uh, except for swallow a cover-up. But he knew what we did, and he knew a lot of things that we knew, but he was missing others. Mm-hmm. God damn, there is so... That's the entire plot of the show in those two sentences. Uh-huh. And it's like Mad Libs. And we have all the pieces there. We just don't know what fills in the blanks. Um, and for whatever reason, him not pushing Hoyt or letting it go had a connect, some kind of connection to Amelia. Hmm. So... Uh, and then there's just a final, just just a great scene where uh, Wayne, just with sheer force of will, bullies slash uh, cajoles Roland into going on the one last old man's crusade to get justice for Julie Purcell. And it's just, I mean, shit, I don't know where to begin on it. It's, it's funny, it's poignant, it's moving, it's... Uh, yeah, because like a Roland feels like a guy who needs to be saved, kinda. He's mm-hmm. the he's, he'd be the first guy to tell you he he doesn't, but you know when he's saying I don't have any kids, any wife, any old friends, I got no one out here to tell me what to do. That's like on the surface he's saying I'm living the life, but his creaky voice yeah. and his watery eyes says that I'm desperately lonely, <laughs> right? And I'm drinking myself to death, right? Yeah. And I think if he played his cards right, maybe he could do reverse uh, cajoling into old man Wayne. Is like, Lawrence, just come over here and we'll watch a game, or we'll. He tries to, yeah, he does, like, he does. But he, I think he deep down wants to maybe do this too. I felt like this was a little bit of poking fun at the one last hurrah old man movies that right. have been coming out as of late. Like, yeah, 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 fucking. I don't know, like D- Dirty Grant, like Robert De Niro's doing a hundred of them, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, Morgan yeah. Freeman's doing right. them. Like, I-, I felt like this was poking fun at that idea a little bit. I do think that it's a lock that Roland's going to die now. You think so? The guy who's desperately not wanting to dip even one toe in this shit. <laughs> he's one week from from. Yeah, yeah, no, he's he's twenty two years into, into retirement. Yeah. He's way too old for this shit, <laughs> and they're bringing him back now. Here, here yeah. so. I was struck by when I was rewatching the scene. Um, it plays really well if you think of Roland as trying to probe cautiously what gaps that Wayne has mm-hmm. and maybe knows a lot more than he's letting on and is kind of like relief that Wayne is, is in the situation he is. And then maybe he's going to follow along to make sure it stays that way hmm. that 
and like I don't because I think if if like Roland is some form of the bad guy, it's really going to bum me out. But I could also see that be an interesting twist. And I just want to throw it out there that if you look at him, um, I, it kind of falls apart in the end because it does seem like Roland is genuinely throws in with him. But if he if he's doing that to make like if it was too easy, Wayne might be suspicious. But now like he can find out what the old man knows and help cloud his memories and confuse him and. Huh. I didn't read it as that. I read it more as like Roland is going to follow this guy down this rabbit hole to protect himself because for the same reason, like he doesn't know what Wayne remembers. He doesn't know what Wayne's going to say to this documentarian. Uh, He Roland might be trying to cover his own ass here. Yeah, but not in like that. I think you're suggesting something more nefarious. Like Roland is involved in a big, larger cover up. I, I think it's more the personal cover up of the the mistake that they made in ninety. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no, not I, of like I'm part of this conspiracy. No, I don't. And yeah, I, I don't a think hand he's in kidnapping the children. I don't or, think he's part of the AG thing. I think he's like, hey, look, I'm okay. I'm beat. I got a nice living out here. I don't want this old man with a guilty conscience. Like I made, I'm almost to the finish line. Yeah, maybe I can just like get, get this guy spun around and. Um, there is some just gym of one liners here about like, Hey, look, looks, listen, man, you want to kill time? I've got ways to kill time. No one's ever thought of like, <laughs> yeah, I really want to know what the fuck he's doing out here. Like maybe he's just got uh-huh. an elaborate fantasy baseball dog system that he's playing. Yeah. Uh, and also the, like, how has your son not locked you up? And the response of, <laughs> cause he don't know how bad I am. How it's fucked so, up I am. Yeah. So fucking, so fucking good. It is. The uh, the writing has been really solid this season. Yeah. And it is like Wayne is a bit of a motherfucker. Like if he has done half the stuff we think he's done, him shitting on Roland for drinking too much mm-hmm. is like yeah. it's hilarious that that's the fulcrum that gets them over their hump. Mm-hmm. You know, because that is some like pretty egregious self-righteous moralizing from, uh, you know, probably dirty cop uh, or at least a cop that colors outside the lines. But I I. I just love, yeah, the way they're using his uh, memory problems because it gives him license to do that and feel kind of personally vindicated in that moment, right? Like, yeah. I can say this because I don't remember the horrible shit I've done. Right, right. Do we do we want to say anything else? Or are there any other theories there, you want to I consider thought, talking about? So I thought there was a connection between Julie and Harris, uh, James, that they that they bring up here. We, we just consulted the tapes, and it turns out that this is another instance where they're just really walking on the edge of this knife because yeah. they mentioned the uncle, and then they mentioned, immediately mentioned James. He's the detective or the police officer. Yeah. And then they go like a minute talking, and they talk about like Lucy and the note, and he says, we already know that those two had a connection to that man whose name you just named <laughs> which he in the same breath named both of their names although i think the look that roland gives there was says, a significant look Harris to the james. james is the name they're talking about but on the but on the other hand we know there is the the connection we know that lucy has is to the uncle <laughs> right so it's like one of those things where it's like depending on which in the, the microscope you want to look at it's pointing to harris or but i think that the way I'm reading this now is that the uncle is a smokescreen and there is an as of yet unmade connection yes. that we need to look at for this, this James character and, and Lucy. That's how I read it, too. But it could which... also be subverting by playing it straight. Um, so I it, it's going to be interesting. But I think I think your your, your take on that is right. Um, OK, 
Um, Which makes me think that the James is probably mixed up in a larger cover yeah. up if that's the case. Watching this watching this scene again makes me think also that maybe is is it possible that Lucy and Dan were in on it? Like, because Lucy kind of mm-hmm. had this, like, maybe these kids should have had a better life. I'm giving them a shitty one. I want to be free. I want to be self-destructive. So I'm going to give them to this rich couple that has lost her child. And I'm going to, you know, is, because he says, like, you know, they, she wants Tom to move on. But is it move on because she's kind to Tom? I don't see that. Like, move on <laughs> maybe because she wants him to stop asking questions. <sighs> yeah. I mean, there's also the possibility that, we're we're talking about dan being the father here right right so, yeah and then if there's even a further connection between james it could be that dan is involved in the kidnapping part of it and yeah. that james is involved in the cover-up of it yeah she's trying to cover it's, up some incestual relationship like that gives a whole other kind of impetus to like you know there's no way to make this thing right like i yeah. Fuck, I don't I don't know. She's an odd because I got the distinct impression talking with Amelia last week that she was in her own way, just really as fucked up and guilty about this as anyone. Mm-hmm. And I didn't get a connection that she was connected, but there is a nefarious connection to either the uncle or the Hoyt person and or no to the harris is it harris james james harris harris james i'm looking forward to getting that backwards every fucking time because one of those names yeah one of those two first names names or two last names names Mm -hmm. um i yeah i it's lucy looks significantly more of a person of interest this week seems like yeah so uh anything else we want to talk about do you want to just like is there any theories that that you found interesting that we haven't covered just naturally organically i don't think so i tried to bring them up the the ones that I had read as we okay. talked about them. So okay, before we get to feedback, I would like to remind you about the club. Club.baldmove.com is how essentially Bald Move stays in business. So if you enjoy our content and you've got a little bit of extra cash that you want to throw our way, uh, please do so because it keeps us uh, our bits spinning and our lights turned on in studio. And you get a bunch of cool features for yourself: ad free feeds. So you never have to listen to me make this pitch again. Um, uh, spoiler reviews of the movie this week. We're going to be taking a look at Lego movie two. So if you got a family or if you just really are into Legos, which honestly, who isn't, uh, you might be interested to hear our full spoiler thoughts. And the only way to get those is to be a club member. Lots of other features. If you go to club.baldmove.com, you can get a list of all the features. You can try some of them just, just for free, just for showing up at the page. And you can always start a free 30 day risk free trial by going to club.baldmove.com and signing up today. Um, so let's get the feedback then. You can send us feedback to truedetective at baldmove.com. Also, there's a forum thread on forums.baldmove.com each week for each episode. Charles R. My wife has come up with a Julie killed Will theory, and I cannot unthink it. It explains how the vertical rock formation got blood on it. He must have fallen over backwards unless he was picked up by the ankles and swung like a hammer. <laughs> also possible. He's also, a small child. He was a little guy. He could probably try to bust rocks <laughs> with that head. Uh, Julie pushed Will during their last secret aunt D&D session, which is why Julie has run for it. Um, there, There is... Huh. I, I don't no because a lot of this feels like just like you know just theorizing without a lot of concrete evidence but i do like the idea that nothing neatly explains why julie is both on the run and also still under the delusion that she's a pink princess like Hmm. if she was successfully abducted and brainwashed by these people and she had some kind of like moment of peace and stability with them then like why did she try to run away yeah if she ran away why wouldn't she eventually realize that she was i because they I, wanted her to go into poultry science, and she just really didn't 
that wasn't her life. Poultry science would break your brain. Yeah. I would like to know what what kind of poultry science can send a rocket to the moon powered by chickens. Uh, like, what the fuck? Yeah. Was that a rolling joke? I don't know. It was real weird. Yeah. Maybe there's, maybe like uh, they use chicken fat. I don't know. I mean, I do believe I, there's, I there's, there's, there's yeah. all kinds of poultry science to be done. I just mm-hmm. don't know if any of it's going to get us in the low Earth orbit. Um, so maybe, he, maybe it's a uh, maybe it's a thing where like they they you know figure out how to properly dehydrate and nourish dehydrate the chicken, nourish the astronauts. So you mm. know it, it's like it's a small part of getting that rocket up there. Yeah, with people on it, but yeah, it helps. Plus, you know, if you get a chicken to lay eggs in in uh, deep space, zero G, you, you yeah. got zero G eggs, uh, which is a renewable source of astronaut yeah. energy. And then you just deorbit them, and you got fried eggs. <laughs> Boom, <laughs> fried eggs for everyone. Yeah, <laughs> just falling out of the sky. <laughs> so that's that's how uh, partly cloudy with a chance of meatballs actually <laughs> happen. So uh, the the astronauts getting froggy with food research in in low Earth orbit. Yep. Okay. Uh, continuing with Charles, uh, uh, his uh, theory here, suit guy in the crowd of ghost was Wayne's guilt at killing the uncle. When the hallucination, Amelia says, are you afraid they'll find out what you left out there? She's referring to when Wayne and Roland knew they couldn't bring charges against him that would stick. So they took the uncle Dan Bryan out to the quarry and delivered Punisher style justice. Hmm. I think that's an assumption that I'm looking at the guy in the suit. I'm not willing to make yet. Yeah, doesn't really look like Dan to me, but what could be could be James now could be James could Harris be James Harris with I, some longer hair, maybe. Yeah, um, or did we even see? Did we see his hair? I felt like it was shadowed from like the nose up. Yeah, maybe. Not. And we saw him in a police uniform, but in his official like like you know police officer headshot, he's wearing a suit that kind of sort of it's black and white. So it's isn't it, is it black and white? I don't think so. Shit. No, I think that that shot is. That's why color. human memories is infallible. I went to go <laughs> right. and I just watched this thing twice this morning. So like <laughs> the eyewitnesses get that shit out of here. Um, okay, my other theory from or the other theory from my wife, the dark sedan at the end of episode four was a Lincoln. Matthew McConaughey is one of the executive producers. You did oh the math. God. Yep. Executive producer Matthew McConaughey <sighs> murdered a child in the eighties <laughs> and abducted another one. Now he's getting that Lincoln money. That's why that's why he's no that's why he's so tuned into the psychosphere. He's got a he's got a exclusive broadcasting license because he is of the side. Okay, I'm just trying too hard to 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 follow your joke, man. Uh Thomas G. I'm beginning to wonder if Henry Hayes may be the titular true detective. This, of course, is is Wayne's son. I don't know if Amelia is involved in the crime, but there is definitely something sketchy in her narrative, which is interesting in combination with the ominous uh, absence of Rebecca Hayes. Mm-hmm. This is like one of the the hanging threads that yes. I really want them to pull on. Like because I think Rebecca might actually be the clue to unraveling a lot about this case or i could see an interesting thing where like maybe wayne dies in episode seven and henry is spurred on by like what he knows about the case because he's stepping julie or uh whoever the what's her name is it the documentarian i don't know her name uh i i i always draw a blank on her elise i think uh like and then he has to solve it himself like it's like a passing of the torch kind of thing um I don't know because there is there's they're showing that he's going down a lot of the same maybe not the exact same paths but you know if he's cheating on his wife uh, then he's laying the seeds of his family's destruction the same way that that Wayne did by obsessing on the case and I think there could be some parallels to tease out between 
Rebecca uh, not wanting to be in her father's life at this mm-hmm. point, it seems. Mm-hmm. And Julie also expressing that opinion in this episode. Right. I, I'm i just thinking, look, they didn't bring up the Rebecca stuff multiple times to just drop it. Mm-hmm. This has got to be important. Yeah, I agree. Um, and then he's, he continues that there's a, some breadcrumbs, he says, that suggest an affair between Henry and Lysa. Um, and that he's, I think he's trying to get at the idea that maybe this project is a joint thing. And maybe the implication is Henry knows that his dad did something wrong and he's trying to like suss that out in some, in some way. But yeah, I don't, I've seen that theory. I don't read sure. that Henry's got that kind of antagonism towards his old man though. Like mm-hmm. if he thinks his old man murdered, maybe, I don't know, but I don't know how a police officer would see that. Like if, if, if a police, I mean, if a police officer found out, if a police officer found out that his dad, also a police officer, murdered some dude who was a prime suspect that had a lot of evidence pointing to him, and the guy was a scumbag anyway, I don't, I don't know what a guy, what, what, what they would do with that information. I feel like the, the natural inclination is to protect your own. Well, you got the thing. You can't you be got blood more thicker your than water. Own than, yeah, you're a cop and your dad. Yeah, you got the thin blue line and blood thicker <laughs> than water. You're talking right. about like that's like stronger than what bonds atomic subparticles together. Certainly. I'm a chicken scientist. I know. <laughs> Gavin P. Uh, man, I still can't get over that final scene on the porch between old Roland and old Wayne. These two have an undeniable chemistry. As someone who's lost a grandparent recently to Alzheimer's, seeing Wayne struggle crushed me and reminded me of when my grandmother uh, first started losing her memory. Uh, sorry to hear about that, man. Mm-hmm. Watching Wayne apologize to Roland and Roland comfort Wayne, even though Wayne has no memory of their fallout, was one of the most genuine things I've ever seen acted on television. Even if these last three episodes end up being terrible, I'll always have this episode in the way it moved me. Yeah. No, that's that's an interesting way because, like, I, you know, I've got firsthand experience with one of my grandparents having Alzheimer's, and that's the hardest thing is, like, there's no point in arguing with them, you know, because you're, you're arguing with a person that doesn't, can't, can't from one moment to the other even kind of hold a coherent picture of who they are, um, but just, which is scary and, and terrifying and, and enraging to them. So uh, like the, a little yeah. bit of that, like, you know, Roland having a self-awareness to either, like I said, it's like this is either like a very sweet moment or very dark moment, uh, depending on, on, on how the, the rest of the season shakes, shakes out. Because, mm-hmm. man, if it's if Roland has been fucking with Wayne and keeping him in like some kind of like run around for 32 years holy shit yeah holy shit that's going to be like a real you know dark night two-face moment yeah even from georgia this may be a controversial opinion but i think this is true detective single best episode ever the raw emotion is something i really did not expect from a third season of the show what a welcome surprise sometime away from the drawing board for pizzolato has transformed true detective from being a caricature of itself to being a prestige drama once again the performances are elevating the content tenfold. I total. I don't know if this is better than season one. I know that it's a conversation that at this point I'm willing to entertain. Yeah. And because, uh, you know, a lot of things about the first season was just so unusual and no one kind of kind of saw it going. I mean, people are interested in the pedigree as far as the actors, but who, mm-hmm. no one ever heard of Nick Pizzolatto. Yeah. No one had really, you know, heard of Fukunaga outside of like maybe the real art house film set. So I, it, it, it didn't catch us by surprise this time, except for maybe it did because season two is kind of, I mean, this is 
this really makes me like one to sit down with like season two apologists and have a talk like <laughs> are you honestly going to say that season two is better than season one now that we've seen season three i know maybe people are out there and i shouldn't be so dismissive of their opinions but i don't know i mean that look i'm some of the the shit that russ cole was spouting his philosophy uh on life and stuff kind of got to me a little bit like i i sort of became annoyed with with those views Mm. from time to time i've had nothing on that level in this season like everything has been it just feels right it's it's more than a return to form for me this is actually so far and they could shit the bed in the last three episodes i'm not saying they can't so far i think this season has been for me personally more uh compelling yeah, I mean, if you look at the monol- the the signature monologues of season one, and it's all about the lightness beating the dark and microwaving babies and shit like that versus... And nihilism, I mean, just a yeah. lot of shit, right? Which I found very, like, uh, I, I, think it's, I think it's interesting and well-articulated, the, the point of view sure. that, that Matthew yeah. McConaughey's character had. But contrast this season where it's about real shit and yeah. pe- people's personal relationships and... You know, even the one-off things like, uh, you know, Woody Harrelson being like, I'm a regular type dude with a big dick versus like Roland's kind of on point, you know, show a lady you know how to cook and she knows you're not looking for a cook. Like that's kind of, that's kind of like some old deep, that's some, some deep old man wisdom there. <laughs> yeah. That he's sure. being wasted on that little dog, you know, he needs uh, yeah. to gather up all mm-hmm. the teenage boys and say, look here, he needs to run a clinic on how to make some ferocious eggs. What do you say? Those eggs are you just deorbit them. I know how. <laughs> That, oh, it's the chicken science. There you it go. It all comes back down. Oh shit, Roland's dirty. Yeah, we need Charlie in here to get. We need the bird. We need the poultry scientist and a bird law expert, <laughs> right? To to blow this case wide open. All no, right, but I, I'm really digging this season. Uh, Groovy D. In my opinion, the best scene in episode is a transition scene that started in Wayne's home in 2015 and ended in the hospital in the 1980s. An attempt to describe it in words, my apologies ahead of time. 2015 Wayne is looking through the doorway at 90s Wayne. At the same time, 90s Wayne is seeing reflection of 80s Wayne in the window, which transitioned to the audience looking at Wayne's reflection in the window of the hospital room. This is very shades of Tropic Thunder. I'm a dude who doesn't know what dude I am, kind of. Hmm. But... I, I loved it. It's a great visual. I think the scene shows an exponential trend of how disassociated Wayne is from himself as time passes. My reading is that there's no discrepancy between Wayne's reflection in 1980 and the reality of that time. When 90s Wayne is looking at himself from 10 years prior, he's looking at his confident stare that is in stark contrast to the apprehension he's emoting from the bed. Finally, it didn't seem like there was any introspection from the 2015 Wayne. He was looking at the different person sitting with a different family with a literal barrier in between the two Waynes. Hmm. That's interesting. I don't know that I agree about the 80s confident because he's covered in his partner's blood and having like a full on like, I guess if he was less buttoned down, you would call this like some kind of panic attack. He's restless and he can't, you know, he's mm-hmm. he's got all he's full of emotions and he, he kind of wants to beat the investigators. He kind of wants to fuck Amelia and he doesn't know what's going on. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you, 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 you could have the right of it. Um the thing that gave me the most to think about was the moment 1990s Wayne paused looking at the door. I immediately had thoughts of the episode title, If You Have Ghosts. It makes sense that you, if you, that if you can be haunted by your past, uh, it looks like Wayne is being haunted by his future. Probably not literally, but there is definitely a fracturing event that's about to take place in the 90s timeline. Yeah. I don't know where the fracture is going to be. I think there's going to be multiple fractures. There's going to be a fracture between him and Amelia, a fracture between him and Roland. 
um, yeah, maybe even a fracture that impacts his, his the way his children feel about him. Mm-hmm. So, um, anything else you want to add, or should we move on? No, it's well put. All right, Tom's got the the hammer, the closer. I just want to credit both the acting and writing this episode and for the season as a whole. I think the episode we right, likely reached the emotional heart of the season. The conversation between Roland and Wayne in 2015 was extremely moving. Credit to Pizzolatto, Ali, and Dorf for their amazing interactions here. I can't say whether the material hits harder on a personal level because of my own experience of seeing the effects of diseases as Alzheimer's, but it hit hard nonetheless. I mean, I do think it's pretty universal, but yeah, it's probably got an extra torque if, you, cause, cause oh, yeah. if you've been through that. Roland's pent-up resentment towards Wayne not keeping in touch for uh, the last 25 minutes is diffused in the, or the last 25 years rather is diffused in a moment when Wayne reveals he can't remember why he hasn't kept in touch, why Roland might be mad at him and that he can't remember his life. Uh, Mahershala's delivery here is heartbreaking as his dwarf switch from anger to despair. You can hear the younger Wayne and Ali's voice as he struggles to come to terms with the present. Seeing him together with his old partner underlies the sadness here. I was already all in on the season of True Detective, but now that I'm fully behind the redemption of Roland and Wayne and actually care about their characters, I can say that this is already my favorite season of the show. Um, do you think that you think there's a chance that Wayne is going to redeem Roland? Because because he's got an opportunity here, right? Not remembering huh. what they did to sort of change his mind how on how he feels about it. Kind of like and thereby uh, change Roland, uh, like a memento where you had the one guy who. He was manipulating Linny, but maybe out of uh, maybe it started as a self pity, or but it and it became a way to like make money. I, I that's that's interesting because I was I was thinking maybe Roland would find a way to redeem Wayne because I'm as I stand right now I'm betting that the the head of steam to get the revenge justice is coming from Wayne's side. Yeah, you're and Roland right. is kind of the reluctant break that just can't like there's too much circumstantial evidence and there's too much. Like the guys being tied up in it, but I think Wayne is at is the conductor of that hate train, right? Oh yeah, he's the one. But they could steering. also sub, they could also subvert it, like if mm-hmm. like like Roland's anger at being nakedly manipulated by his higher ups, I could see that turning. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess he would have to redeem himself in order yeah. to redeem Roland, but yeah, yeah, I I just think it's interesting that he's now presented with an opportunity to change how he feels about something he did in his past. Yeah, uh, by virtue of sort of experiencing it again for the first time. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting how this plays out. Yeah, it I'm is excited. Having the opportunity to go back in your life and discover if you had made these decisions over again, kind of like a, a like a Patrick like Captain Picard getting stabbed in the heart by that alien like when if, if he hadn't done that he wouldn't have been captain picard like yeah and I, like, like there's a piece like if like hey knowing everything i know now i'd still made those decisions all over again like, and everybody has that opportunity in their life right like you get 20 years <laughs> away from something it's yeah. it's easy to look back and see how that affected you hindsight shit right but roland or i'm sorry wayne has an even more unique opportunity here to assess it with fresh eyes yeah. In a weird way. Yeah. Because he simply doesn't remember what leads up to that action, right? Mm-hmm. He can he can see the action for what it is, not all the baggage around it, and maybe have a different outlook on it. Yeah. Uh, that's all the feedback we got. Uh, do you have any other closing thoughts, Jim? I don't. All right. True Detective at BaldMove.com is how you send in feedback to this year's podcast. Or again, you can go to forums.baldmove.com. Don't forget to stop by 
BaldMove.com for all the great things we've talked about uh, coming up, such as uh, our movie review of the Lego movie and uh, there are big uh, Groundhog, not the, the, the weekend after Groundhog's Day, Groundhog's Day uh, charity stream of the Star Wars movies on Twitch.tv slash BaldMove starting midnight this Saturday, February 9th. Really excited about it. And if nothing else, we'll see you back here next week for what I'm assuming is going to be another terrific episode of True Detective. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya.